Hello, everybody, and welcome to our third episode of Lead, Travel, Pray. I am Michelle, and I will be facilitating our conversation today, and then we have Rebecca and Sandy. And so what we're going to do is actually the first time that we answer a question, we'll tell you who it is coming from. That way you get a little bit more familiar with our voice and who's answering. So for today's podcast, we are going to use a different style for this one than our previous episodes where we will be answering questions about life and faith. This is a way for you to get to know us a bit, and along the way, we would like you to think about these questions and how you would answer them. The questions will be posted in the notes as well as a couple of other resources if you want to follow along. So with our first question, what are you most grateful for beyond the typical things like family, friends, having a job, etc.? So, Rebecca, will you kick us off with this one? Sure, absolutely. I'd be happy to. Hello, welcome back to episode three. So, um, the question around being grateful beyond the typical, um, really for me, it comes down to having found my purpose. And that took a bit for me. I think, you know, there's been a lot of things just in my learning, I guess, in my both education and corporate life that have exposed me to personality inventories and strengths. And as I learn more about those things and better understand, I guess, how I'm wired, um, it helps me kind of get some clarity. I thought I wanted to be a teacher. Um, I knew what teaching was, obviously, as a student and had not had exposure to much else outside of that because my family weren't in typical uh, corporate kinds of roles. And so I didn't even know things like HR existed, which is uh, now the line of work that I've been in for a bit. But um, I always wanted to help people be better. And for as a kid, it seemed like being a teacher was the best way to get at that. So um, have now been in a role where I help maximize performance and, and outcomes in the development of people in mass. Um, and they're adults, not children, but it's still the same kind of thing. But Anyway, I'm, I'm grateful for what I've been exposed to to help uncover how my talents can be used differently, even in ways that I hadn't really thought about. And I think that that's helped me better leverage those strengths and talents for not just work, but also at home, at church, and, and other volunteer opportunities that I'm involved in. Rebecca, it, it really warms my heart to hear you say that you have identified purpose and meaning. That's actually been one of the things that I have been focused on most recently is uh, creating meaning in the work that I do. Um, and it's not always intrinsic meaning um, related to the job that I do on a daily basis, but that doesn't stop me from having meaning in my life and in my work life. So that is um, something that I'm consistently focused on. How do I create that? So it's exciting for me to hear you uh, identify something you're grateful for being your purpose and the meaning that you have in your job. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I agree. So um, Sandy, can you also share a few things that you're grateful for? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the prompt was specifically, what are you grateful for? That's not the typical things like family, friends, job, um, which tend to be the items I think at least come to my mind most uh, readily. So pushing a little bit further into things that I'm grateful for, um, pretty high up on that list is health. Um, and it has only been maybe in the past couple of years 
where I have come to realize how very blessed I am to live uh, a healthy life free of any significant health challenges. Um, And that is highlighted as friends who are my age are diagnosed with various serious illnesses and in sometimes, in some cases, are losing their lives at a very early age. So um, health is definitely very high up on my list. The other one that tops my list of gratefulness is um, education. And that education starts with um, very early in life, education from my family and friends. It comes from uh, the opportunity to attend great schools with great educators who had an opportunity to influence me. Um, I'm thankful for that education, which has gotten me to where I'm at in my career, which also provides me the opportunity to give back to others who are in need. So I think health and education top my list of uh, things I'm grateful for. Yeah, that's a good list. Um, The only thing that I would add to what you guys have said is that about two and a half years ago, I started gratitude journaling at the end of the day. And um, that has helped me kind of really think about just on a daily basis, what are some of the more mundane um, getting through life moments that I'm grateful for. And I write down five things at the end of the day. So if anybody else is doing that, please um, let us know in the comments how you do it. Um, Do you use an app? Do you write it down? Is there certain types of prompts that you think about? Um, Mine are just in general. All right, so our next question is, how can your personal transformation help you to have more grace with the growth of another person? And so I'll answer this one. Um, I think that when I've gone through personal transformation, especially um, things that were significant issues that I've had in life and really had to figure out how to work through them, I found that it's hard, it's messy, And most of the time, I had absolutely no clue what to do differently. I just knew that the things that I was doing, I needed to stop doing because it was causing me to stay in the same cycle, but I didn't know what to replace those things with. So um, this applied to a broad group of things like communicating. I needed to do it differently. I needed to pick friends differently. I needed to date different people that I was attracted to. And so I really just had to figure out, okay, how do I become okay with not responding in the moment because I don't know what to do, I just know what not to do. Um, I knew that um, I led a life of trying to meet others' expectations and I attracted needy people, and so I really had to figure out a different way of doing things. So um, when it comes to then other people, I have a lot of grace as I'm coaching and just work, uh, working alongside people with my friends, with my family when they are trying to do something different. It takes a lot of work to change and I have more grace as people are going through that because my process was so messy. And what a great role that you're in now, Michelle, to have that opportunity to work in your your consulting position, coaching um, many people, including high-level executives. Um, We all have opportunities for improvement, and I don't think there's maybe a better quality that a coach can have 
than grace in working with individuals who've taken that step to grow themselves and grow their career. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so our next question is, where in your life do you need to be brave? And how could your faith help you in doing this? Rebecca, how about you kick us off here? All right. Yes. So I do have a couple of thoughts on this one. Um, I could certainly be brave in lots of areas, but the one that I'm thinking of mostly today is around um, just making progress on things versus them needing to be perfect. And so I think sort of my achiever mentality, maybe it's got something to do with my firstborn birth order and some mild OCD tendencies that sometimes rear their head. Um, they make me pretty hypercritical of myself, like what I'm doing at home, what I'm doing at work. And it doesn't even have to come from someone else. In fact, rarely do I get the, the criticism outside of my own head, but I tend to be really just kind of obsessive about things. And yet I also have this bias for action and want to get things going. And so in the internal conflict I have around that is sometimes significant. And perhaps there's external conflict that is more than I realize there too. So this is a space where I'm really trying to lean on my faith more um, as reminders really that we're all um, kind of born imperfect. We've got work to do. We're never really finished products, but be more patient with ourselves and kind of trusting what we're following and that our hearts and, and faithful teachings are leading us where we need to go and that we'll get closer to perfection, um, but just not to necessarily hold yourself to such a ridiculous standard that you lose kind of the joy in the process of getting there. Yeah, Rebecca, I uh, appreciate you sharing that. I think that I struggle from some similar things. And um, so what I heard you say is that apparently I need to work on patience. So what if I don't want to? <laughs> I'm sick of working right. on that. I need a new virtue to work on. Yes. Yes. And you have a shirt, Michelle, that's one of my favorites around choosing joy. And I think that just choosing joy as much in the process as in the outcome. And, you know, in work, we try and focus a lot on results, not just activity. But um, I think I've got to enjoy some of the activity more and not hold all of my uh, joy up for this like perfect outcome that I'm anticipating. And so those reminders to choose joy and trust the process as professors had said in the past, um, all of those things ring true. But at home, the way that it really gets to be crazy is um, just looking around like all the things that are not done. And you all know I'm a serial DIYer. And so there's something always not done. And yet I really enjoy starting new projects more than probably finishing them. But then it grates on my nerves that I can't, you know, look at around and see something that's finished. And so it's just trying to, to figure out a better balance there. So Sandy, what about you? Where could you be braver? Oh gosh. Um, this one, when I read the question, where in your life do you need to be brave? It was a really quick and easy answer for me. And that is um, dating and living the single life in a Christian way. And that um, is not easy. Um, and I think it's primarily... A challenge for us because our uh, society, our world says, this is what single looks like. Watch any TV sitcom, watch any mm -hmm. popular movie, all of which are enjoyable as entertainment, but they depict 
successful singles as uh, individuals who um, date a lot, who move from one person to another person to another person to another person, and who most typically are um, involved in an intimate relationship with each of those individuals that might cross their path. And so it starts to uh, create, I think, for singles, the possibility that that is the image of what a successful single life looks like. And uh, I think our Christian faith says, actually, there's another way to do this. However, it's not what we see on TV sitcoms. It's not what we see uh, generally in the entertainment venue. So what does it look like to um, keep your values top of mind? How do you find an individual who has similar values, who has a similar faith background, who, by the way, is also fun and you're attracted to them? How does that work? And so for me, being brave is not crawling into a hole because it can feel overwhelming. Um, I don't know how many times people, my friends say, what? I can't believe that you're still single. Are, are you um, trying or are you out there? And it actually mm-hmm. makes me sort of laugh. Like, well, what in your mind, what does that look like? Is it how many dating sites I'm registered to use? Um, because that it certainly may be the way to meet the right person, uh, but it's certainly not the only way. Regardless, uh, in, in, to meet someone, it takes, I think, being brave to put yourself out there. And so there's always, I think, a, a human fear of being rejected, of indicating to someone that you're interested and in not having them um, reciprocate those feelings or those intentions. Um, and then there is the opportunity to um, start to think that there are no good guys out there. After a few uh, bad dates, um, I think you start to wonder, is there really someone good out there? Um, And that certainly isn't the right attitude to have. And that takes being brave to say, well, let's try again tomorrow. Let's make sure that we keep positive. Um, That's not easy for me. Um, However, I did read a, a book that I wanted to share today that I thought was Uh, really interesting and um, helpful for me. And it's got a funny name. The book is called How to Get a Date Worth Keeping. And it's written from a Christian perspective. And one of the sort of um, scenarios that the author creates is don't be sitting at home praying to God to bring the perfect man to your front door. Because the chances of that happening are slim to none. I mean, unless you fall in love with the UPS man, which could, of (laughs) course, happen. Um, But he was basically saying he's done all this research and Christian dating doesn't look like sitting at home uh, waiting for the perfect man to knock on your door or going to church and asking everyone in that church environment out. That's not the answer either. Um, It's about genuinely meeting anyone you can, and getting to know people, and the opportunity to simply build a a conversation with someone else is most likely to be the best way to take that next step towards a date. 
Yeah, Sandy, thanks for sharing, because I think that that's an area where I continue to have to push myself to also be brave as a single person. So recently, my church had a singles event on Valentine's Day. I paid for it in advance and still desperately wanted to not go. (laughs) And I reached out to a lot of people that day and I was like, I don't know that I could go. I really don't want to go. But I had already paid for it. It seems stupid to pass up the opportunity, but I really didn't want to be brave that day. But I did. I went. I'm glad that I went. I, I met some nice people. I had an enjoyable evening. Um, but I do think that it is a challenge to constantly push on yourself to go out and try, especially in an environment like that where it is a little bit safer to do that with other people from church. Um, so it's a good reminder. Yay, way to go on going to that event. I know you had texted me that day and said, oh, I had a long day. I'm kind of tired. I'm not sure if I really want to go. So way to go on being brave. And uh, and you had a good time. Yes. <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it funny how we can coach others on being brave? Like it didn't, I didn't hesitate at all, Michelle, to say to you that day, no, this sounds like it'll be great fun. You definitely should go do it. But when it's ourselves, how easy is it to say, I'm tired. I might not know anyone. I don't know. Is it going to be worth my time Um, and not leave the house? So way to go. Thanks. This introvert desperately just wanted to stay at home. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so moving on to the next question, Sandy, this one is also directed to you. So who do you know that is really brave and what does their life look like that makes you look at them and say, wow, you're brave? So I recently had the opportunity to um, be to meet or um, hear from a woman named Jennifer Brinker. And I don't know if you all have heard of her before, but she is so fascinating. She is a young woman who grew up in uh, Illinois, so not far, too far from where I grew up, and uh, she was born with no legs. Now, this is um, a challenge. She was born with no legs. Her parents uh, gave her up for adoption at birth because they weren't sure that they could overcome this uh, medical challenge of their baby girl, and she was adopted by this family in Illinois. She was adopted by parents who already had children who were all boys and they had prayed to God for a baby girl and they prayed for a baby girl and they prayed for a baby girl and they prayed for a baby girl and and didn't have one and then they heard about a baby girl who needed a home who had no legs. They adopted Jennifer, uh, brought her from Romania to Illinois and raised her as their miracle baby. They told her uh, from those early days that she was sent from God, that she uh, was born this way for a purpose. She was born to be a part of their family. And had she been a physically perfect baby, her family would have never given her up. She would have never ended up in Illinois as their baby girl. And so from a very early age, Jennifer was hearing these references that she was perfect. She was created by God this way, and God doesn't make junk. He knew what he was doing when he created her this way. And her parents said she was perfect, 
and she could do anything she wanted to do. And what's so amazing to me is that she believed it. She believed that she was perfect and that she could do anything that anybody else did. And she was very athletic and she played sports and she um, began tumbling. And people were amazed, right? That a little girl with no legs could be doing these athletic events. And she showed great talent in her ability to tumble Uh, She went on to win a significant number of awards in power tumbling. Uh, She now has a career as a performer, an aerialist, a tumbler. She has appeared um, on tour with Britney Spears. Uh, She um, is a full-time entertainer utilizing those talents and those abilities. And so it's amazing for me as a physically able-bodied person to hear her speak and to see what she has accomplished because she absolutely believes that there's nothing that she can't do. She doesn't use the word can't. She's going to try everything and she's going to work really hard at it. And what we've seen is that she's been very successful. So for me, it makes me stop and think about all of the times that I have been hesitant to do something how many times I've said, no, I can't do that. I'm not good at that and didn't even try. So um, I am motivated and inspired by Jennifer Brinker. And I hope that you all, um, when you have a moment, Google her. There's a lot of information out there. Um, And if you're interested, she has a fantastic memoir called Everything is Possible, Finding the Faith and Courage to Follow Your Dreams. It's amazing. That is some bravery. Sounds like God has been able to use her in some amazing ways. So you even briefly telling your story makes me want to go out and um, read more. Absolutely. God is certainly using Jennifer Brinker. So our final question is to describe an example of a time where God led you down a different path than you otherwise would have gone down. So Rebecca, why don't you kick us off with that one? Sure. Um, I'm going to tell a story about a time when I was not looking for a new job, but one came looking for me. And I was actually at a fantastic company with an amazing set of coworkers and yes, really work that I, <laughs> yes, we can speak from experience. Um, I think Sandy had left us already at that point, but Michelle and I were partners in crime and, um, I, I really wasn't looking to make a change, but this company kept um, calling and wanted to have lunch and talk. And and finally, we got to the point where it made sense to, you know, do an official interview. And they had called me to offer me a job one day on my drive home. And it was at a time where um, I, had, I had a long commute. Um, the road was under construction, so the commute was a challenge. And uh, we had had a new baby that year before, and he was quite sick. He was a little NICU guy and then ended up having lots of respiratory challenges and RSV and all of these things. So being closer to home, and this would have cut my commute in half, um, seemed to be more attractive kind of by the day. So still I was pretty torn about what to do. And the day that the recruiter called to offer me the job, I was about a half hour from home and like, okay, well, thank you for that offer. That's, 
you know, very generous. I, um, I'm still not sure if this is the right time to make a move, but I, I'll, I'll let you know in the next couple of days my answer on taking this new position. And I was really pretty torn. So as soon as I ended the call, I was just like, I need to just pray about this and really see if this is his plan. Because we all know it's better than our own, even though we don't necessarily want to listen to that at times because mm-hmm. we like to be in control. Um, but I was like, okay, God, I just need you to send me a sign that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Just some kind of signal, just, you know, something. Um, and I've got a couple days, so, you know, take your time, but I, I'm kind of anxious. I want to know. And like literally three miles down the road, there was a billboard that said, this is the sign you're looking for. That's all the billboard said. I'm sure it was like a, you know, advertisement of trying to get people to, to pay attention to the billboard. But for me right there in that moment, I was like, oh my goodness, that was a quick answer. Thank you, God. I did not know. Uh, I could get an answer so quickly, but, um, you know, billboard may sound like a silly thing, but I needed some kind of affirmation. And for me in that moment, that was it. It was a different path than I probably would have chosen for myself. But, um, anyway, it was, um, didn't end up being a bad path. Uh, so anyway, that's, I think sometimes you just have to be, um, more thoughtful to ask and get that guidance and, Pay attention to those things, and they're not as obvious as a billboard that says, hey, this is it. This is what you're supposed to be doing. Um, but anyway, that's that's my story. Nice. That is um, not uncommon for me to ask for a billboard answer. <laughs> I'm not sure that I have seen that one, though, so I'm glad yeah. you've gotten it. Yes. My jaw did drop. I was like, are you serious? Is this what I'm reading? Um, but anyway. I believe it. I know. Crazy. Yeah, that's definitely a jaw-dropping story for sure. Um, So I will also share, this happens a decent amount in small ways where um, God will ask me to maybe tell somebody, a client or something, uh, a particular uh, message. And it makes no sense to me. And I can say that I'm incredibly uncomfortable in trying to deliver that message to them, but I do try to be faithful with that. So what I um, will use as my example is a little bit more personal. Um, And one in particular stands out of feeling like God really called me to move to St. Louis um, after graduate school and take a job here. And on paper, it just made absolutely no sense. I had had three other job offers that were substantially more money that would allow me to pay my bills and moving to St. Louis for this job barely allowed me to pay my bills. It did not allow me to initially eat much in the way of groceries (laughs) or uh, pay my dry cleaning bills or anything else, but it just seemed like where he wanted me to go. And so I was faithful in that within a couple of months of starting that job. There was a market research study and my compensation was increased. So um, yes, people, I did not go hungry. I I was able to eat (laughs) and pay my bills. And um, one of the things that I think was hard about that decision, so just kind of painting, it doesn't always look bright and shiny to follow God's plan, is that Rebecca and Sandy lived this with me. I was very sick my entire first year in this job. And so I know that I just kept thinking over and over, why would you call me to this? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. It is so much harder than I ever expected it to be. But yet I knew that he had called me to this. 
Well, fast forward a year after I started that job and finally was well, my dad was terminally diagnosed with cancer and it was really easy for me to hop on a flight and go from St. Louis to Houston in less than two hours. All the other jobs that I was considering were so much further away that it would have taken a half day to a full day just to travel back to see my family. And I also worked for an organization that allowed me to take a lot of time off to be able to spend with my family. And um, so seeing it through was amazing to watch the the faithfulness of being obedient even when for a really long time it did not make sense. I remember Michelle um, thinking, there's no way that this girl is going to stay. In your first year, you had so many health challenges um, and knowing that you had lots of other job opportunities. I, I just, and you had no family, you had no friends in St. Louis, you moved by yourself. I just thought there's no way that this girl is going to stay here because all signs are saying this isn't working for you and you've got other options. Uh, but knowing that it was God's plan, knowing that you knew that and you were diligent and obedient in following that plan, even though it wasn't easy, uh, is truly a testament to your faith um, and your uh, genuine desire to do his will. And to that, I say, I am so grateful that you were a, a, a true follower because, because you stayed in St. Louis. We were able to build the friendship that we still enjoy today mm -hmm. um, and that we have the opportunity to continue to collaborate, um, such as in these podcasts. So fantastic. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. It was it was hard not to just give up and say, God, are you crazy or serious or something? Like, take me out of here. <laughs> but I'm glad that I stayed. All right. So um, that ends our um, kind of Q&A portion of this podcast. And so we have one request of you guys. So we tried a different method and we'd let, love to hear comments on if you like this and would like to see us use it again in a future podcast. Please let us know. And as usual, any feedback is helpful. It continues to help us hone in on the right content for the right audience. And um, this podcast was a little bit different than the others because of feedback that we've heard from all of you. So thank you for your time. <laughs>